You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked On Kings. Tonight, Friday, December 11th, 7.30 p.m. Pacific Time, we have Sacramento Kings basketball in Portland against the Trailblazers. Now, it is just preseason. The games, of course, don't count, and the Kings will not have both Hassan Whiteside and Marvin Bagley available. However, there are plenty of things to watch for tonight. I'm going to share with you the things you need to keep your eye on in tonight's preseason opener right here on the Law. Locked On Kings podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome into Locked On Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all off season. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, full coverage of the Sacramento Kings from January through December, this is the place for you, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I've been a Sacramento sports radio host for the last six years. This will be season number seven for me, covering the Kings both as an on-air host and multimedia journalist and boy am I excited to talk about actual basketball again even if it's not going to be the prettiest basketball we don't even know how much Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum are going to be playing seeing as how the Portland Trailblazers at least spent a little bit of time playing in the actual playoffs in the Orlando bubble so maybe they will not make full use of these minutes tonight Luke Walton also shared with us uh, last week or earlier this week that the main Sacramento Kings players like De'Aaron Fox are probably not going to be playing more than 30 minutes tonight, but that's okay. We can see everything that we need to see in that 30-minute time span. I'm going to share with you all the things that you need to watch for in tonight's game versus the Trailblazers, and there's actually a lot to pay attention to, making tonight's game, in my opinion, a must-watch game for Sacramento Kings fans. However, that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be incredibly entertained such as the way of preseason. This first one that I'm going to share with you, actually I don't really count into things to watch for tonight, but it's something I'm very curious about. What it's going to look like for the Kings and the Blazers to play in an empty arena. Now, other teams, every team is going to be doing their own thing, I imagine, trying to incorporate their crowd and incorporate their city and their atmosphere in only a way that they can in every single arena that you go to. Sacramento's is going to look a lot different than the Portland Trailblazers, but we're going from a Orlando bubble where it was a main stage feel with big LED screens in the background with fans projected on it and gigantic chants and highlight tapes and things of that nature. We're going from that to empty arenas. So I'm very interested to see what the Portland Trailblazers do to try and spice up their atmosphere to make it still feel like an NBA game, even if it's just in the preseason. I'm just as excited to see that, hopefully in person, when the Kings play the uh, Golden State Warriors in two preseason games next week. But in terms of actual basketball things to watch for tonight versus Portland, the first one is easy, it's clear, and it all has to do with the Kings' number one guy. That is De'Aaron Fox. Are we going to see 
an Orlando bubble aggression level from De'Aaron Fox. Are we going to see this all-star caliber Fox that we've heard Nemanja Bielitsa and other of his teammates talk about so far in training camp? They say that Fox just is on another level. Now that he's gotten this contract, Fox said himself he's shrugged off the underrated mentality or label that he's put on himself using that as motivation for his career. Now he's paid like a star he feels he has to become one or play like one. So is that going to translate right away to an extra level of aggression for Fox? And that doesn't necessarily have to mean constantly attacking the basket, although you and I both know that's exactly what he's going to do. It also could mean on the defensive end of the floor, is he more dialed in? Does he take defensive assignments more seriously? And if he does so in a preseason game, an overall meaningless preseason game, to open up a very strange season, if he's dialed in defensively there, willing to prove that he's been working on his defensive intensity there, that tells you a lot for what the intensity is going to be like during the actual meaningful regular season games. Now, at the same time, I don't expect defensive intensity for all 30 minutes that he plays tonight if he plays that much. I don't expect the same defensive intensity night in and night out for all 72 games of this regular season. That is very difficult to do. First off, I'd be shocked if De'Aaron plays all 72 games. Not that I'm expecting him to get hurt, but with the amount of back-to-backs and the tough schedule, the travel, COVID, things like that, there probably will be some games that... De'Aaron misses, and hopefully it's just for resting purposes. But I don't expect De'Aaron to be a supreme defender and be completely locked in on the defensive end on a nightly basis. That's hard to do on the offensive end on a nightly basis for a player of Fox's caliber. But I do expect to see a more engaged level of defensive intensity on a semi-nightly basis to where Fox is dialed in on the defensive end of the floor in the first, second, third quarters as well as the fourth quarter where we've seen him most dialed in in the past. So all-star Fox aggressiveness attacking the basket, all-star Fox aggressiveness on the defensive end of the floor. Of course, paying attention to his outside shot is going to be very important, whether or not that stroke looks better and he's more confident shooting it. And I even hesitate to say that because De'Aaron, despite dipping back into the low 30s and three-point percentage last season, he was taking more of them with confidence, which is one of the things I wanted to see out of him last year, even if it wasn't going in. I want to see the same or an even improved level of confidence, but obviously the shot's dropping at a higher rate. So, of course, everybody will be paying attention to Fox's outside shot tonight, but really that's at the bottom of the list for me. And towards the top is Fox's vocal leadership. Now, I don't want to see Fox chew any of his teammates out. I don't need to see anything like that, but I do want to see Fox leading by example, which he has done for the last couple of seasons, and vocally leading, whether it's from the bench or on the actual floor. That's another step in Fox's development that he's admitted needs work, that he's put work into. And from what we've heard out of Kings players and coaches in training camp, he has been that vocal leader. So I want to see that translate to tonight's game. So plenty to watch for from De'Aaron Fox specifically. Now the number two thing to watch for is also a bit obvious, and that's just pace. We've heard so much about pace being a major identity of this team. The Kings are going to get back to their pacey ways in 2018-2019. They're going to run. They're going to play fast. They're going to get up and down the floor on both ends. Even if it leads to sloppy play tonight, which I fully expected to, even if it leads to players having to play less minutes because they're not quite conditioned to play that fast yet, 
I want to see pace. And I want to see it especially when De'Aaron Fox is not on the floor. That means if Tyrese Halliburton is the secondary ball handler, he better be pushing it. That means Corey Joseph, even though we see Corey's more of a half-court offensive-style guard, he better be pushing it. I want to see the bigs running. I want to see everybody maximizing every opportunity to run to, if nothing else, build up their stamina for the start of next season. So, of course, pace is important. And another thing to keep our eye out for tonight is the Kings' five-out offensive identity, that kind of Alvin Gentry offensive identity that he brings from the New Orleans Pelicans to see that implemented and see if the Kings are running it smoothly right away. Luke Walton said there weren't going to be too many drastic changes, but he did mention a five-out offensive style as one of the major changes that we would notice. Is that going to be apparent right away? And are you taking advantage of that five-out offensive style? Now, I don't expect it to be perfect right away. I expect there to be mistakes, but when De'Aaron Fox is on the floor, is the paint wide open for him to attack as well as the other aggressive rim runners? And then specifically the big men on the perimeter, Rashawn Holmes, Frank Kaminsky, Nemanja Bialica, are they getting more than their fair share of opportunities to take outside shots? Are they drawing their men away from the paint for guys like Fox to work? And are the outside shots falling at a high enough rate, high 30s, low to mid 40s, for the defense to have to respect the perimeter to open up the paint even more for players like Fox? And then when Fox is attacking the basket, Is he making the right pass, making the right read? If the help comes, is he finding the open man on the perimeter? Is he finding Bielitsa in the corner or Buddy Heald at the top? It's a very simple offensive system. It's a very simple style. But the Milwaukee Bucks, for the most part, run it to perfection, at least until they got to the playoffs. It's very straightforward. It's very basic. And that's okay for a team like the Sacramento Kings who is resetting and not really interested and not really concerned about winning a boatload of games and totally fooling their opponents. Teams know what the Kings are going to do this year. Hopefully the Kings know how to do what they're going to do. I still have plenty more things for you to watch for in tonight's game versus the Trailblazers, but before that, I want to let you know that today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast is brought to you by Built Go, the healthy replacement for your energy drink, but the energy is not fake. It's lasting and it's natural. Built Go makes you the best you at whatever you do. It helps you break through that wall, whether it's a mental or physical wall. You can get through it with Go every single day. They're easy to take in one and a half ounce packages. You can put it in your briefcase for the most focused presentation ever. You can do what I do, put it in your golf bag to help you get through the back nine or just a driving range session. Bring it with you if you're going to record a podcast to make sure you have the energy you need to really connect with your audience. It works for all of them and then some. It's also great for working out. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's like five-hour energy, but without that same crash feeling. Plus, it's natural, so it's better for the body. It's like drinking a Monster Energy drink, but with a third of the caffeine and even better results. They also come in three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate coconut, and my favorite, chocolate mint. But how does Built Go work so well? Well, it combines energy gel with collagen protein. So collagen protein is a fast-absorbing protein. It gets into your system fast, plus it's easy on the stomach. Collagen protein also promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. The stuff literally makes you look and feel better. 
BuiltGo.com. Go there right now and use promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D. You'll get 20% off of your next order. Again, promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. After all the drama and speculation from this offseason that has quieted down a bit but is still there with Buddy Heald, of course, we're going to be paying attention to Buddy Buckets tonight to see how he is being used and how he responds uh, to the Kings' usage of him. Now, I will say I 100% expect Buddy Heald to be ready to go to be ready to play, to be dialed in, whether he's coming off the bench or starting, he is going to be Buddy Heald, and I expect that on a nightly basis, even if he's not happy with his current situation. I also don't imagine we're going to get any shots of him pouting on the bench if he's not in the game to close it out, even if it's a close game, it's a preseason game, and I don't imagine there will be any visible, physical disagreement between he and Luke Walton. That's not what I'm talking about paying attention to. What I am really interested in seeing is if the Kings going back to their pacey ways also gets Buddy healed back to the level of play that got him his big contract to begin with. The 2018-2019 season was phenomenal for Buddy Heald. He took advantage of the pace, got plenty of good looks in transition from beyond the arc, also aggressively attacked the basket when it was there. Does that element of Buddy Heald's game return with the Kings going back to that ideal style of play. And then defensively, do I expect Buddy Heald to be great? No. Do I want to see some improvement? Yes. And I also don't want to see more than a handful of times where Buddy Heald is the guy taking the ball off the floor. Buddy Heald should be on the floor with De'Aaron Fox, Corey Joseph, or Tyrese Halliburton at all times. In fact, I would like to see Buddy Heald spend the majority of the time on the floor tonight with De'Aaron Fox. The two of them need to play together more than they did last year, and that's on Luke Walton. I want to see that tonight. Even if Heald and Fox only play 25 minutes, I want to see 20 of those minutes together. And I believe Buddy Heald will be in the starting lineup tonight and not coming off the bench. I don't see why Walton would try anything different, at least for right now. But if he does, okay, we'll see how it works. If he truly believes Buddy Heald is at his best as a six-man coming off the bench, well, I think it can work, but he still needs to have a player like Fox or Halliburton, a primary ball handler, on the floor with him. Now that Bogey is gone, and we saw elements of Bogey and Buddy playing together at times last season, now that Bogey is gone, the Kings can't afford to just shift their ball-handling responsibilities over to Buddy Heald. That's setting him up to fail, in my opinion. And while I do hold Buddy accountable for not improving on his ball handling, I hold the Kings coaching staff accountable for continuing to put Buddy Heald in a position where he probably is not going to be successful. Both sides need to correct that problem this year. And we'll get our first glimpse of that tonight in Portland. The next two things to watch have to do with Kings rookies. The first one is obvious. Tyrese Halliburton in his first NBA-level action tonight. How does he look? How does the number 12 overall pick fare? And we've heard so much about his potential great fit with De'Aaron Fox. Well, in order to fit with Fox, you have to play with him a lot. And what does that mean for Buddy Heald? Do the Kings trend towards a smaller lineup with Fox and Halliburton playing together and Buddy Heald moving all the way down to the three? Or does Buddy Heald take a back seat and spend more of his time on the floor with Halliburton as the primary ball handler when Fox is out of the game? 
These are questions that we're not going to get completely answered tonight, nor are we going to get completely answered probably until the early stages of the actual regular season, especially with the Kings missing two important pieces like Marvin Bagley and Hassan Whiteside tonight. So all of our rotation questions aren't going to be answered, and not all of the rotation problems are going to be solved, but at least we'll get a glimpse, an idea of what Luke Walton and the Kings coaching staff is thinking rotation-wise in regards to De'Aaron Fox, Tyrese Halliburton, and Buddy Heald. We should get an idea of that tonight. But also with Halliburton, when he's on the floor with De'Aaron Fox as that off-ball guy, does that open up opportunities for De'Aaron to be useful off the ball? Does that make life easier for De'Aaron on the perimeter? Is Tyrese Halliburton able to knock down that outside shot, even if the shooting stroke isn't the prettiest thing to look at? Is Tyrese aggressively attacking the basket? Is he finding open teammates, making his teammates better? We've heard from head coach Luke Walton, and we heard during the draft process that players like playing with Tyrese because he finds them, he makes them better, he looks for them. Will that translate to tonight? And just how comfortable does he look? I expect turnovers. I expect mistakes. I expect on the defensive end of the floor for him to get blown by at times. Of course, it's not going to be perfect. But does he look like he belongs? If the answer is no, it's not the end of the world. But I expect the answer will be yes. But tonight, I don't think I've ever been so excited to see a second-round pick play. And I hope that Robert Woodard II gets the opportunity to play tonight. I am so intrigued by his game, his role, his potential fit with Sacramento. We've heard about his strength. We've seen his NBA body. We've heard about what he can do on the defensive end. Now I want to see elements of that. Luke Walton also talked about Woodard needing to really get more consistent with his three-point shot to really have a successful NBA career. Does he look to take that shot tonight, even if it doesn't fall? Is he taking it with confidence? Is he getting the opportunities on the perimeter? And then defensively, I don't need to see him shut anybody down, but I need to see him bringing that new culture, that pride that Rashawn Holmes has talked about. Is rookie Robert Woodard setting the tone on the defensive end of the floor that inspire his teammates to want to match it? Is Robert Woodard II willing to live up to his own words saying that he will do everything that he has to do to earn his spot. Will he make the defensive end of the floor his priority at the NBA level, even if the money and the spotlight typically goes to the guys who fill up the stat sheet on the offensive end? Is Woodard for real? Not all those questions are going to be answered tonight. Not all those questions are probably going to be answered in the first couple years of his career. But he can get himself off to a great start And I'm worried I have too high of expectations for this young man. But regardless, like I said, I've never been so excited to watch a second round pick play. Just a couple more things for you to watch tonight and keep an eye out for in this Kings versus Blazers preseason game. And a lot of these will even translate into Sunday's game against Portland, assuming that game is played. And hopefully, now it's not likely, but hopefully... Either Hassan Whiteside, Marvin Bagley, or both will be cleared to play in that game. But another thing to keep an eye out for tonight, depth for the Sacramento Kings. Daquan Jeffries, Justin James, Frank Kaminsky, Kyle Guy. Do these guys get opportunity? 
Robert Woodard, Jemias Ramsey, Glenn Robinson III. What kind of playing time do these guys get tonight? Again, like I said earlier, we're not going to have all of our rotation questions answered, but Daquan Jeffries was fantastic during the Orlando bubble. Is he rewarded with a good chunk of playing time tonight? And does he get the opportunity to earn a rotational spot right away? I forgot Jabari Parker. We've been told how great he looks during the training camp process so far. Does Jabari Parker get rewarded with a chunk of playing time tonight? And does he look so good that the Kings need to consider giving him a rotation spot? Glenn Robinson III is a great signing coming off of a good year with the Golden State Warriors. There's a lot of talent on this team. Now, not phenomenal talent, not earth-shattering talent, but Luke Walton and the Kings coaching staff, they're not going to have an easy task of putting together this rotation, nor are they going to have an easy task of making cuts when the time comes during this training camp period. There are a lot of talented players on this training camp roster right now, and it's easy to make an argument for all of them to get playing time. Who gets the first opportunities tonight? Does Walton go with more of a veteran approach? Maybe the rookies don't play, which would disappoint me, but maybe they don't play as much except for Tyrese Halliburton and maybe Glenn Robinson and Jabari Parker and the other vets get more of the minutes tonight. Or maybe, sticking true to Monty McNair's plan, the vets are told, hey, take a back seat. We're getting the young players as much run as we possibly can. So maybe we see a lot of Daquan, of Kyle Guy, of Halliburton, of Woodard, of Ramsey, of Justin James. I'm really interested to see or get at least a tiny glimpse into Luke Walton's early stages of his rotational thought process because he's been assessing since day one. He shared with us that he's wanted competition for these positions and for these minutes and for these opportunities since the get-go, and according to him and other players, the competition has been intense. So who is getting rewarded so far? We should get an idea of that tonight. Or perhaps maybe the Kings take advantage of the fact that there are two straight games in Portland, and maybe Walton decides to go with a heavy minutes 9-10 to man rotation tonight and then play everybody who didn't play in Sunday's game versus Portland. Now, I could make arguments for and against that. I more lean on the against that side because the Kings only have four preseason games and a shorter training camp period to get ready for the actual regular season, so they're going to want to get their main guys in as good a shape as possible. So I doubt we'll see a scenario where Fox plays 30 minutes tonight and then maybe only 10 on Sunday. But it could happen. Not a bad idea when you have so much depth on your roster and you want to see what you have. It'll be a fun thing to follow and certainly something that we will discuss more on the Locked on Kings podcast. And finally, the last thing to pay attention tonight, and I know Kings fans are already very aware of this. We didn't have to wait long to see Harry Giles take on his former team. Yep, Harry Giles with the Portland Trailblazers because it's preseason. I expect him to get a decent amount of run tonight. Now, I have no idea what Harry Giles' rotational position and his minutes distribution, what that's going to be for Portland during the actual regular season because Portland has high expectations. Portland is planning on deep playoff runs. Does Harry fit that right away? I don't know. But I do believe he will get a decent chunk of playing time tonight. And you know what we're going to get from Harry Giles? We're probably going to get aggressiveness. We're going to get motivation. We're going to get passion. We're also probably going to get at least a a dime or two that we can go, oh man, look what the Sacramento Kings gave up. Thank you, Vlade. He left for nothing and now he's dishing dimes like that and getting assists like that for Portland on a very reasonable contract. 
Just prepare yourself for that tonight. I, for one, am going to enjoy seeing how Harry fits with Portland because I think he could be great for them. And I think Portland could really benefit from having Harry on their roster. And I hope that Harry Giles is an important part of their rotation when they are in the playoffs. I guess I should say if they are in the playoffs with the state of the West. So yes, part one of the Harry Giles revenge tour begins tonight. And I know some fans are dreading it. If that's you, I get it. I'm more looking forward to it because I'm a fan of Harry Giles. And regardless of where he goes, regardless of if it's against the Kings or against any other team, I'm rooting for him to be successful. So there you go. All the things that I want you to watch for in tonight's game versus Portland. Of course, we will talk about both tonight's game and Sunday's game on Monday's edition of the Locked on Kings podcast next week. What else are you looking out for? Any of these things you're most excited to watch for? Let me know on Twitter at MattGeorgeKHDK. You can tweet me publicly or DM me privately there. My DMs are open even if we don't follow each other. You can also email me mgeorge at sacklocalmedia.com if you have uh, opinions about the rotation, how playing time should be distributed. Maybe you want to see opportunities for specific guys. Let me know. I'm at George KGK on Twitter, mgeorge at sacklocalmedia.com. I can't wait to watch this game tonight. I, of course, will be live tweeting the game and be very active on social media so you can watch it with me there. And I'm also excited about a couple of projects that I've been working on, mainly for Sports 1140 KGK Radio here in Sacramento. But things that you will be involved in, and hopefully, those of you who have been listening to the Locked on Kings podcast for a while, you will really enjoy and continue to support me in like you always have. I'm looking forward to those projects hopefully being announced and dropping very, very shortly. And I'll just leave it at that ominous tease, I guess. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy actually having Kings basketball back. As always, please stay safe, stay healthy, and I will talk to you on Monday. You have been listening to the Locked On Kings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You are Locked On Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.